0: Welcome to season 2 of the Practicing Presence podcast. Where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion. Where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on practitioners? What's up
1: friends? How we doing?
0: We are continuing a series on self-love as divine love, but our pastor Cullen wants to talk about it through a parental metaphor. Um, I'm interested in to to see how this conversation goes.
1: Clayton's interested to see how this conversation goes because Clayton doesn't have children. Um, I think for me, what kind of sparked this was. When I had kids, you know, I have two kids. When I had kids five years ago, oh, I guess almost six years ago. Mm-hmm. Having children changed the way I viewed God. That that alone changed the way I viewed God because... There's this idea in Christendom that God is a good parent. Yeah. Um, The most common metaphor is father, that God is a good father. But it's a parental metaphor. And that that metaphor persists and pervades throughout all of Christian existence. I mean, 90% of evangelical Christians address God as father. In their prayers. Yeah. The parental metaphor runs rampant, right? Uh, at Jesus's baptism, the text says that a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Deification, the soteriology that I have comes from Psalm 82, six. Jesus quotes it in John 10, 31. It says, you are all sons of God. Um, There's a parental metaphor here that pervades throughout the entire Christian story. And when I had children, it changed the way I viewed that. Because everybody views things and communicates things through their own metaphorical makeup. Why is Father's Day hard for some people? Because some people didn't have a great dad. Right? they their metaphorical makeup of what a father is is not a good image yeah. um, and so when you tell young people that God is their father they view what that means based on how they view their own father yeah. when I had children I now had the other side of the coin. I now knew a small amount of what that meant to call God father because I now was a father. I got to see what my disposition towards my children was. And if I think that I, as a human, have been impacted by sin, And the experience of death, then that means that my ability to be a father is less than that of God, that surely God must be a better father than I am, Mm -hmm. right? And so I looked at the way that I was a father and I looked at the way that I, that I parented and then I compared that to my view of God. If I was God, would I treat my children the way that I thought God treated me? Hmm. The answer was absolutely hell no. Yeah. Um, I would have I would just never. I would never treat my children the way that I thought God treated me. Like hmm. that view of God that I had yeah. was broken. It's terrible. Um And so as you begin to think about what changes in that, right? Cuz now now I've got a I've got a big problem. My primary metaphor of divinity is flawed. It's broken. It's faulty. And so what do you do? You do what you try to do with everything. You start to rebuild it. And so I think one of the reasons that I had a faulty view of God as a parent is because I was always getting told as a kid that God was my father. And we would have, you know, our parents, faithful Christians, you know, our entire lives. And so they would quote lots of Bible verses. Like, even, like, Bible verses about punishment. I'll mm. never... I'll. Spare the, the rod, spoil the child. Till the day I die, I'll never forget. Spare the rod, spoil the child. It's a Bible verse that some parents think means you should beat your kids. Um, that's a joke, Dad. <laughs> so, anyways. Um,
0: Love you, pops.
1: <laughs> it, like And so, to say that God is a parent and God is your father... At least a lot of the relationship that I had with our dad was a very fearful one. And so when I had my daughter and I looked in Ezra's eyes, I knew that there was never a moment I wanted her to be afraid of me. Yeah. Because she was vulnerable. She will always be vulnerable to somebody, right? We're all vulnerable to somebody. And so I just knew that I never wanted her to be afraid of me. Sure, I wanted her to respect me, but fear is not the only way to gain respect. You can gain respect actually just out of honor, Mm. right? And so that changed it because now I was looking at it going, hey, I was a kid who had this metaphor of a dad who I was afraid. Like that's the primary lens through which I looked at it all. And then that breaks down when... I had Ezra because now that's not the metaphor I have. Now I have the outlook that I'm a father and the last thing I would ever want is my child to be afraid of me. Yeah. That shifted something in me. I began to view God the parent as a very different metaphor Mm. because I just could not believe that God would ever look at me and say and do the things that I was told that God would say and do. I just couldn't believe that anymore. And I remember thinking, as I was rebuilding this belief, I remember thinking, what's the greatest commandment?
0: Love God is uh, love your love your love your neighbors is. Wait, come on. No, no,
1: come on, on. come on, come on. Whoa. Love the Lord
0: your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind.
1: And the second is like it.
0: Love your neighbor as yourself.
1: Okay. So, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. You are all sons of the Most High. Psalm 82.6. Parental metaphors, all of it. Part of that parental metaphor and the beauty of it is that when I look at my daughter, when I look at my son, I see me. I see me looking back at me. There are elements of me in each one of my children. And so in a conversation about self-love as divine love, literally, when I look at my children, I see the image and likeness of me. So, excuse me, when the text says that we are the image and likeness of God, do you not think that when God looks at us, God sees themselves as literally what the book told us? The parental metaphor helps us cement the fact that divine love or self-love is divine love because we are loving the divinity within us. Divinity created us. By moving in this way, thinking about this parental metaphor and the way in which that communicates truths about us, it's that when God looks at us, God sees themselves. When God looks at us, God sees divinity. And when we look at each other, we should be able to see divinity because, Psalm 82, 6, we are all sons of the Most High. It becomes this brotherly ordinance language. And so, as you think about God the parent, it solidifies the fact That we are indwelled with the image, likeness, and makeup of our father, of our mother, of our parent. and So I think it's a beautiful metaphor that says, hey, look, this will help heal an element of how you view divine love in general. Because, right, the understanding of I had of divine love when I was a kid is very different than the understanding of divine love that I have now. And that was partly because I changed the way that I was thinking about God the parent because God the parent is a beautiful metaphor that cements the fact that you are divine. You are made and produced from divinity.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. That's it? What? I just monologue for like eight minutes on a topic. You were like, yeah, let's just see where it goes. That's it. I mean, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> God, give me some help here.
0: Well, so, okay. The idea that we come from, we are made in the image and likeness of God, The the... The whole parental thing. I get it. My struggle is that I don't think of myself as a product of my parents necessarily. Maybe biologically, but I am my own person independently.
1: Where did you get your image? Why do you look the way you look? Genetics. Oh, so biology does matter. So you are in that way a product of... Your parents.
0: Sure. Like, biologically speaking, absolutely. Yeah. But the way I live my life, the person that I am, there are elements that come from them. But, like, I am my own person independent of who they are. For sure. Does that mean I am my own person independent of who God is?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because you do shit God didn't want you to do. Okay.
0: Um... So does that mean that I should pursue to look like my parents then? If we're using this parental metaphor and the thing that God doesn't want me to do is the thing that makes me not look like him as my parent, does that mean that I should do everything that my parents want me to look like?
1: If your parent was God, yeah, in the same way that you should honor your father and mother Yeah, I think you should, but the reason that you don't now is because your parents are flawed, Mm. right? Mm. But once again, you also don't because your parents no longer care and provide you support. You are your own autonomous person,
0: right? I mean, yeah, kind of.
1: Okay, if you still view God as parent, then you are saying that God still has control over your life. If you don't think that, then no, quit listening to God as your parent. Don't try to look like your parent. But if you still think that God has some um, element, some role in maintaining your existence as a human, then yeah, probably still listen to your parent and try to look like your parent.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hear you. That, That was my main question going into this was... I do everything to live my life every day to look like God, to look more and more like what I think God wants me to look like, I guess. Yeah. Um. Despite what my parents think God wants me to look like.
1: Right. When you do too, even mm-hmm. with God, you choose to believe things about God other than what certain people have told you God is like. Sure, You are making a choice in the same way that you have to make a choice to view certain ways about your parents, mm-hmm. right? So we're always making a choice, and if you want to call it that way, we're always making a compromise about who God is and what we're choosing to do. Um, Very postmodern, right? Like but we're all doing it. Yeah. Right? I mean, everyone— Literally everyone. Yeah, literally everyone is making up God in these ways. Mm-hmm. If you think God— If you think you can lose your salvation or you never lose your salvation, those are statements about how you view God. Sure. Yeah. Like these are if you think God punishes sins to hell, if you think annihilationism, if you think universalism, all of those are statements about how you view God. We're all viewing God in some kind of way Mm -hmm. in the same way we all view our parents in some kind of way. Right. I'm sure I view both of our parents very different than you view both of our parents. Sure. That relationship looks different. You look different than me. Yeah, um, Yeah. each of those relationships with your parent is individual and therefore has the same subjectivity of any relationship. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't not look like your parents. You're not actively trying not to look like your parents. Mm-hmm. You're just also trying to do the things that you think you should be doing. Right. But you also have that freedom because you're no longer living under the rules and existence of your parents. mm. If you still lived under the rules and the existence of your parents, you would not be afforded that freedom. And so in that way, yeah, there's a little bit difference in the metaphor because you and the metaphor is broken down for you because you're 23 years old and you don't right. answer to your parents anymore. Right. But that's not how the Bible's using the metaphor. Mm. You are sons and you never stop being a son because it's an honor shame culture.
0: Yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Um, so then what does that say about parenting? Does that make, so you use the example with Ezra and Eli, like, I don't ever want them to be afraid of me. Yeah. Um, Does that mean that you should try to parent like godparents? And if so, what does that mean?
1: I think what it means is... looking at the whole corpus of scripture and seeing that the most encompassing encapsulating story we can have about God the parent is the story of the prodigal son and I think that is how you should view your parenting.
0: Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also feel free to check out our other podcasts.